everything that we need to see. So the box is over there if you want to give that way. Or you can give online at our website, which is gatheringplacechurch.org. Or you can text 84321. Couldn't be easier. I'm going to introduce in a moment my very good friends, Dennis and April McNally. But before we do that, Josh talked to me this week. And something happened to him in in the workplace at his office, which came directly out of a sermon that we did a couple weeks ago on prophetic words, having having words of knowledge, knowing what's going on in somebody else's life, then being able to say, you know, this might be from the Lord and, and, and see what happens in that. And uh, he had an experience like that in the office. And I said, you got to tell this on Sunday because it's a really, it's a cool story. Very simple. One word. How powerful can one word be? This is a good illustration of that. So tell him the story. Yeah, so I was, um, I'm a service manager and I, w- I hired somebody to be a technician. So he was on the computer in my warehouse just going through some training and doing that while I was stocking shelves. And, you know, this thought occurred to me, All right, what's up with this kid? Like, there's something, what's up with his life? You know, uh, words of knowledge would be cool. We're kind of in that. And... I didn't really think too hard on it, but I uh, was like, all right, what's going on? And all of a sudden, the word baseball just showed up in my thoughts. Baseball. I'm like, baseball. Okay. How significant could that be? So I just started a conversation with him. I'm like, all right, just, let me just test this out, whatever. It's kind of, it just seems like it's my thought trying to force something to happen. So I just said, hey, hey, man, uh, what do you do on your days off? What do you like to do? And he's like, well, I play slow pitch softball. Um, you know, on the weekends with a team. I'm like, oh, that's kind of baseball-ish. But um, I was like, oh, that's cool. You're doing that for a while. And then, you know, during the conversation, he's like, yeah, I actually used to play high school baseball, uh, and I was a pitcher. And then I went into college baseball, uh, and I was going to get drafted, but my, uh, my arm, I threw up my bicep, tore my bicep, and the career thing was over. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I just had a thought, baseball, and I went down that rabbit trail with the Holy Spirit, and sure enough, this kid's dream was to play baseball. Wow. And, you know, considering that I hired him and he was my employee, I didn't want to be like, well, the Lord, I don't know, you know? I was, I'm like, maybe I'll time this right, and just when the time comes, develop that relationship with him to where I can pray with him for healing. So, but it just... It was funny to me that I just had the thought. There was no, like, Holy Spirit massaging my heart. as you need to say this right now. It's like, okay, no problem, Lord. It was just a thought. And sometimes, like we've been talking about, is taking that risk. Take the risk. And it doesn't have to be weird. You can just start a conversation. And there it is. So, yeah, I encourage you to do the same. <laughs> well, in that spirit of taking a risk, we're going to listen to Dennis this morning. <laughs> I, Dennis is, man, I could tell you stories about Dennis that go on and on and on. I find Dennis almost terminally annoying. I've traveled with him uh, all over the world, two times to Italy, Fiji, all over Mexico. I have yet to see him have an anxious moment. Drives me crazy. 
He moves in this state of complete trust. I can't stand it. I, I worry for both of us when we're on these trips, and he worries for nothing. But I can't tell you uh, how much he's taught me about prophetic ministry, his example, doing it with him. He's a good, good friend. I was at his wedding three years ago. He married April. And Dennis and April are going to be prophesying over you at the end of the message, so you can pray for a very short message. So we have lots of time to experience the prophetic ministry that he that he that they have together. So Dennis, why don't you come up and um, you're just going to launch, and we're going to let you do whatever you want. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Father, thank you for Dennis. Thank you for his friendship and the. The fact that there's not a religious bone in his body is one of the things I like best about him. And I pray that he'll speak words to us today that will stick in our hearts and stick in our minds and stick in our emotions, that we'll hear from you directly. And then I pray for really profound prophetic ministry when we go into that time of prophecy. Amen. Amen. Before we unleash Dennis one. on the world, let's unleash the children. Good call. Good call. That's probably a good idea. Jerry said, I can't move back, but I can move forward. So that's good. I like moving forward. Not too far? How about there? Okay. Uh, so good to be with you. It's been a few years since I've been here. And um, since I've been with you, I've... I have my bride here, April. Could you stand, April, and say hello? April and I work together in prophetic ministry, and and we prophesy together, and we've gone to different places. And right now, the Lord is, we're, there was about three different places we were praying about moving to, and the Lord said, San Diego. So, so we're looking at places here. Please pray for us. And we, we love this church. And uh, I felt like when I was praying for you guys, what the Lord's doing is preparing you guys for a move of God. What I mean by that is it's, he's setting in order a foundation. And, uh, when, when Paul spoke to the church at Corinth, he said, you have many teachers, but not many fathers. I was saved in the Jesus movement back 50 years ago. 50 years ago. 50 years ago and I mean there was a real move of God and I mean we were so on fire all of us all the young guys who were delivered instantly from drugs and all this on the rest but we didn't have many fathers I believe this next move of God is going to have a lot of fathers I, I believe I'm a father uh, I, I am a father four children five children actually and seven grandchildren and, and uh, what God's doing is setting us up for the next move of God but there's going to be a balance of fathers here because there's going to be a fire on the young people as they come into the kingdom of God I don't know what that movement's going to look like I'm sure it's going to be different than the Jesus movement but my sense and as I talk to different prophets is you know what it's kind of, you know, how am I doing Jerry? I don't know I'm doing alright? no feedback? okay I feel the Lord uh, has given me a word for you guys, and um, the 
if we can turn to John 1, verse 17. The theme uh, these last few weeks has been the Holy Spirit. So I was asked to speak about the Holy Spirit. And I'm not, um, I'm, what I'm going to do is talk about the character of the Holy Spirit and how He speaks. And I don't mean prophetically. You know, a, a gift is a gift. But I'm talking about from His character, well, how God speaks to us. And um, I'll, as I go along, I'll explain that. But in John... I bought a new Bible just for this occasion from Walmart. <laughs> John 1. Verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So, what I want to talk about is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit's called the Spirit of Truth, but also in Hebrews and other places, He's the Spirit of Grace. And with the balance of both of those, we can fly like, like a bird. But you need both. You can't just have truth without grace. We're saved by grace through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God. I, I appreciate all the, all, the, all the different preachers and teachers have been preaching about grace because we didn't hear much about grace 50 years ago we heard a lot about the law you know and the law killeth and the law the law of moses brings condemnation but we didn't hear a whole lot about grace so i i appreciate the grace message but i want to balance that grace message out with the other side of the rail you know you you, you can have two rails on a track and you got grace but you also have truth you know, you're saved by grace, but whose truth? Jesus is truth, right? So I, I just want to bring out the spirit of truth. And, and, and let's turn to John 16. I'm going to read a couple more scriptures and then give you some examples. Verse 7, it says, But verily I tell you, it is... For you, for for your good that I'm going away, unless I go away, the advocate. Now this 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 word for advocate is the Holy Spirit. Of course, he's also called the comforter, I think, in the King James. He's also called the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener. One translation I looked up said he's your friend. I like I like that one. That's easier. I'm gonna send your friend a friend. A friend of yours. I'm gonna send him. And we'll Unless I go away, the, the, the friend or the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send them to you. It's the Holy Spirit. When we're born again, we have the Holy Spirit in us, but also we have uh, Him alongside us to guide us. He's our guide too. I will send Him to you. When He comes, He will prove, or the word is convince the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. What, what the Holy Spirit does is He convinces us about sin. He doesn't, which I'm going to get into later, He doesn't condemn us, He convinces us. He repentance means a change of mind. He changes our mind concerning truth. So, verse um, 13 says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, 
comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit was sent to glorify Jesus, to, 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 uh, to bring forth the gospel of Jesus Christ to, to the whole world, right? So he comes and he convinces people of sin and righteousness and judgment. He comes and brings truth, but he also is the spirit of grace because we can't get saved, right? We're saved by grace through faith. So the balance of the two, if, if all you have is grace, you know, a, a bird can't fly with one wing. You need both wings. So we have the spirit of grace, and we have the spirit of truth. Um, I want to give you some examples of what I mean. Because when, when I was saved, you know, we, we got rid of everything. I mean, you know, uh, you know we... We didn't have electric guitars or anything because they were evil. Drums were evil. I mean, everything was, you know, you know, just get rid of all your, you know, I mean, all secular music's gone. I mean, we, you know, we were fanatics, you know, but, but this is what we were taught, you know, and, and uh, you know, it was pretty sad. Um, about a little over 40 years ago, I was pastoring a church kind of a wild church in the Tenderloin in San Francisco. If you know where that is, it's a pretty shady area. You know, we had people bring in guns. We had a knife fight in our church. It was an exciting church. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a dull moment. <laughs> but it was fun. You know? And I was younger, so I was, what, 30 years old? Less than, you know, something like that. But, but anyway, so I was sent out from our mother church. We had, like, a hippie church because... Uh, and so we had we had a revelation of David's tabernacle. We had all the instruments. We had trumpets. We had violins. We even had harps. We had uh, you know a keyboard, a bunch of electric guitars, and I mean we just rocked out. I mean it was just a wonderful time. Well, the the pastor fell. The pastor had fallen, and I was the sister church in San Francisco, and the Lord directed me through many circumstances to come back and try to salvage the church which I didn't do that good of a job we had to change our name change the leadership anyways it was a long story but the elders in that church wanted uh, people after the shepherd was removed and he was very strong uh, and, and he was removed people were complaining they were leaving I mean it was just like a horror movie. I mean, it was, and so the elders wanted to, what they wanted to do was have a meeting, have everybody a complaining meeting, have everybody get up and complain, you know, about what's going on. I said, yeah, you know, the, I don't think that's leadership. I think, I think the best thing to do is why don't we fast and pray and seek God and get leadership and give some direction. This a lot of them were just, you know, sheep, no shepherd, you know. But they overrode me, so I went to this meeting, and it was a meeting of hell. It wasn't a meeting uh, that was, you would think the Holy Spirit was there at all. So, I'm listening to all these complaints, wanting to get out of this meeting, but I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be pastor in this church. So, uh, one of the guys that were, was with me in San Francisco, he was kind of a street brawler, you know, a real tough guy. And he got saved. He was a heroin addict. He got saved and stuff. But he, 
fought in a ring. He's just a tough guy. It was nice to have him around in the tenderloin. <laughs> Believe me. And I had another guy who was a black belt in Kung Fu. He had his own studio. And he was with me, too. So was, I was protected by some angels. So so he he gets up. And I go, what is that, friend? He gets up and starts slamming me. I mean, he, I mean, he said things about me. Just unbelievable. And then the elders tried to get him down. Well, you don't get this guy down unless you, you know, and the elders weren't fighters, you know, so they just let him go. And he just kept going and going. Somebody next to me said, I thought this guy was your friend. And I said, yeah, I thought he was too. <laughs> anyway, so I had, I had answers though. I was quick. I said, man, I got an answer for that. I got an answer for that. And, and you would think a meeting like that, the Holy Ghost wouldn't, where's the Holy Spirit? You know, I didn't think the Holy Spirit was around at all. You know, of course he lives within us, but he, you know, hear his voice. And all of a sudden, in the middle of him talking, this is important now. In the middle of him talking, the Holy Spirit falls on me. Because I was ready to get up and defend myself and the rest. And says, I don't want you defending yourself. I don't want you saying a word. And I said, well, I got answers for that. And he says, you're worse than that guy's talking about. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I said, <laughs> see, the Holy Spirit knows the worst about us, but loves us the most. Listen to me. <laughs> the Holy Spirit knows the worst about us, but loves us the most. Truth. Grace. Speak the truth in love. So so the Holy Spirit falls on me. I mean, it really falls on me. Almost audible voice says, you're worse than that. I know everything about you. And so the Lord said, Don't don't go up there and defend yourself. You know, and I'm thinking, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go. But in the meantime, I'm not under condemnation at all. I'm laughing with the Holy Spirit. Me and the Holy Ghost are having a good time because he's saving me for doing a dumb thing. But he's also showing me his character and his nature. He's showing me that he's the God of Isaac. You know what Isaac means? Abraham, Isaac. You know what Isaac means? Laughter. Him and I were laughing at this meeting from hell. <laughs> And I'm laughing. I almost wanted to laugh out it, but I was laughing inside going, Lord, you're so right. I'm worse than that guy. <laughs> but we're laughing together because he's my friend. And he's not afraid to tell me the truth. You hear what I'm saying? That's his character. Grace. Truth. You know, John 3.16 is nice, but 3.17 is pretty good too. It says, God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. I'm going to make a statement now. When the Holy Spirit speaks, He never condemns. Where's that in the Bible? I just said it, 3.17. God sent His Son not into the world to condemn the world, but the world through Him might be saved. Romans 8. Verse 1. Why don't we look at it for a minute? I was just going to quote it, but it's better that you look.
Verse 1. Therefore, after Romans 7, there is now no, what? For those that are in Christ Jesus. Now, there's two words there that I want you to memorize. They're really hard words. Now know. In, in. Now know. Now know there's no condemnation. Not next week, not after you've repented and gone through your, you know, your little ritual and hitting yourself and beating yourself up. No, it says now. No. Why? Because Jesus died on the cross. Took all the shame. Took all the condemnation. But what, what people sometimes don't understand, he didn't take the spirit of truth away. Paul, when he started his ministry, he says, I'm the super apostle over in Corinthians. And then he got closer to life in the Ephesians. And he says, you know what? I'm the least of all saints. And then at the end of his life, when he wrote Timothy, which were the, the last parts of, of, of what he wrote, he was older. He said, I'm the worst of all sinners. How could he say something like that? Because he got so close to the glory and to the light that truth came, but it didn't just, but it didn't bring condemnation to him. It convinced him. It changed his mind. And he was made in the image of God. God hasn't changed his mind about making you in, the, in his image, but he does it with grace and he does it with truth. In Romans 8, the, the end of the chapter, the end of the chapter of 8, he says, Paul says, I've been persuaded. I've been convinced that nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Things present, things to come. Demons, devils, nothing. He was secure in Christ because he had both wings. Of course, the man that wrote most of the New Testament knew grace pretty well, didn't he? But he also knew truth. He could fly. I'll tell you another story. I have a few stories. Actually, I'm, my wife is actually writing the book. It's called Adventures with God. Because she's had to listen to all my stories. <laughs> and she said, you know, and then some, you know, she says, you need to put it in the book. And I go, yeah. And then somebody else comes and gives us a recorder and says, you need to write down all your adventures. <laughs> the prophetic guy. So that's what she's doing. I'm giving her stories and she's writing them. So it's going to come out soon. Mark's going to help me. <laughs> adventures with God. So I'll give you another adventure and how the Holy Spirit speaks with truth. I, uh, I, we had a guy in our church and um, we had a lot of people in our church that were just wild. There were a lot of street evangelists and we, you know, we do street evangelism in San Francisco and we had, we just, um, you know, it was, it was great. We had a lot of wild people and stuff. We had one, one guy that would, had a road into Vietnam in the underground church. This was in the 80s, the late 80s. So we raised him up and, um, well, he was kind of already raised up. We, we just sent him, you know, so. We sent him into Vietnam. Well, it's a little dangerous then. We didn't have an embassy. This was in the late 80s, early 90s. And, and of course, he gets arrested. So he gets arrested, and they put him under seven-day seven house arrest. 
and they interrogate this guy. Well, this guy, he's a little skinny guy, you know, but he's old. So, so they're interrogating him with this interpreter, and he's yelling back at him. Go and meet, I, you, you lie to all your people, you think you have freedom of religion, and, and he's getting them, and then finally they go, we want to get rid of this guy, you know, not kill him. So they, they banded him from the country, he couldn't get back in. So I'm his pastor, and I sent him. So what does he tell me? He says, you got to go now. <laughs> and I says, well, go where? He says, go to Vietnam. You get, I can't get in. You're going to have to go. And I go in. You just got arrested. You know, and, and, and he says, yeah, yeah, you, you have to go. So, so, you know, I mean, I like excitement. So I said, okay. So, so, so I, I, but I couldn't get a, you couldn't get a visa back then. You can get one from, from Vietnam now because we have an embassy. We got one in 95 or 96, whatever. But So I had to get a visa through Mexico. Now, don't I look Spanish? So I got a, I got a visa through Mexico. So I go, so I go in to, to the underground church there. And this is the second biggest underground. There's hundreds of churches that this guy's been working with. So I meet up the leaders and stuff. And, and what they do... Is they of course they have to hide you out. You go to a hotel and you have to hand over your passport, and then they pick you up about six in the morning. They put you on a motorcycle. <clears throat> well, I gotta have long. I'm about the only white guy in the whole Saigon at that time. I didn't see too many white people, but they put long sleeves on me and a hat and, and the rest, and they put me on back of this motorcycle. And they have Bible names for people. So Boaz picked me up. His name's Boaz. The guy was crazy. I mean, he went on that motorcycle. Or, I mean, they're all crazy. Been to Vietnam and, and Saigon. They're flying here and flying there. I go, man, we're going to get killed here. And, and so he's looking in his rearview mirror to see if there's any communists following us. And so we're going here. And all of a sudden, you know, I guess he, you know, he outran everybody. If there was anybody following us. And all of a sudden, these gates open up, and I walk in, and there's 150 pastors, leaders right there waiting at 6 in the morning for the word of God, for the great man of God that's coming from America. <laughs> so, so I, uh, it, it, it's not normal, you know, here, you know, ah, man, I preach for an hour, 40, you preach all day for two weeks, no air conditioning. But unfortunately, I was only like 40 years old and, and I was in pretty good shape. I was ringing wet, but, you know, and they were so hungry. They just draw it out of you. Fortunately, we had uh, like siestas, you know, you, you lay down this mat that has no cushion on it, it's just a flat. And you, and, you know, you have a little nap in between. So I would preach, you know, six to eight hours every day. So I brought a bunch of notes with me, and I was running out of notes, running out of sermons. So, so you know, I preach on series and stuff, and I had an interpreter that really watched over me, made sure I was drinking. Uh, you know, liquid all the time, and then they'd get me Vietnamese coffee to wire me up because I, I needed to get wired up. You know, because it was so hot. And so, so they, this guy watched over me. But one day he he left me in the afternoon for some reason. He had to go. He was a pastor also. He had to go somewhere. So he, they had another interpreter there, and he took care of me too. But the problem is, is that they gave me some of their water. So when they gave me some of their water. I didn't know it was there. Water was like a fruit punch or whatever. It tasted great. But I went home and guess what? Sick. Real sick. 
want to explain it to you, diarrhea and the rest, and I'm, I'm sick. And, 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 and you know, I'm going, man, gonna, there's no cell phones. I can't get a hold of anybody. You say, this sounds sick. Boaz is going to pick me up at 6 in the morning. There's nobody to talk to him in this hotel by myself, I'm killing some roaches and stuff. And, and, and so, so all of a sudden, you know, I'm praying. I says, Lord, I'm, you know, I'm, and I'm sick. And all of a sudden it flashes on me. The Holy Spirit speaks truth to me. I still remember. This is what he said, this is what he said to me. He said, you American baby. I go, American baby, what do you mean? He says, here's these people. They've been in prison. A lot of them, some of them tortured, some of them killed. You know, they, they gave me their testimonies of being in prison and stuff. And you're a little sick. You American baby. And I, and I thought to myself, you know, that's true. I am American baby. Truth came. But then grace came. I, 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 there was no condemnation calling me American baby. I, I laughed with the Lord and said, you're right. <laughs> what can I say? You know, and and... And the Lord says, I want you to go. There, there's, a, there's 150, 200 pastors waiting for you all day. And, and, and they're risking their lives for these meetings. You know, they have all these underground meetings. And I want you to go. And I says, okay, the Lord, then you better give me some grace here. And what you did. And some smarts. I didn't eat it all day. I didn't eat. I drank a lot. Didn't eat all day. And the Lord gave me the grace that I needed. But he also spoke truth to me. Does that make sense? But, but listen to me now. The, 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 the word for you is this. The Holy Spirit does not condemn. He didn't condemn me for being an American baby. I just was one. You understand what I'm saying? Truth came. But there was also grace there. And, and, and he didn't beat me. He didn't beat me with condemnation and say, you rotten person. And what we do a lot of times, some of what you, what you do and what I do, is we shame ourselves. We beat ourselves. You know, you, you, well, I did it again, Lord. You, you know, and we shame ourselves. Well, we allow somebody else to shame us. Or somebody else to condemn us. Or we listen to the enemy's voice instead of the Holy Spirit. And this is what I want to say. The Holy Spirit never condemns. He'll convince you. He'll, he'll, he'll help you repent or change your mind. And then he, then he throws this wonderful thing in called grace. Because he speaks the truth and love to us. He brings grace, grace, and truth. And then we can soar. We can soar. Now know. You know, a lot of people, when they fall, they, they beat themselves for a week, fast and pray, sorry, Lord, or whatever. No. God's not condemning you. Jesus bore all our sin on the cross. He finished the work. Right? He finished it. Now He's making us in His image, after His likeness. Where the, the Scripture says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's liberty. And then God's light comes, and then we're changed, the Bible says, from glory to glory. He, be, he, he, he convinces us. He's our friend. He's our guide. He's our lover. 
and he loves you deeply and dearly. He loves man. He loves you personally. But you got to stop. You know, when when Josh was was with the pythons and stuff, you got to chop those heads off of condemnation and shame and guilt. Jesus bore it all on the cross. It doesn't mean the Spirit of Truth isn't going to speak to you, but He's going to do it because He's your friend. Mark tells me when I have boogers in my nose because He's my friend. (laughs) See what I'm saying? He's your friend, so He's going to speak truth to you, but He's also going to bring grace. And that grace causes us to change. That grace, you know, we grow. Peter said, you grow in grace. That's why Paul always said, the grace of God. He starts his books out with, you know, the grace, the grace of God. So what I want to bring to you today is the character of the Holy Spirit and what He's like. And I brought the truth side, you know, and there, I have many more examples. But um, we're, we're going to prophesy over people in a few minutes. Let me give you one real quick one. I think I have about three minutes left. My wife's keeping time. I never know what time it is. I get lost. And um, when I came to the Lord, um, I had the real bad sinus problems. But I, I, had a, I had an experience like Paul on the road to Damascus. I was delivered instantly at 3 o'clock in the morning. Went and evangelized all my friends and just went crazy, you know, and went uh, insane and delivered. But I still had sinus problems. I couldn't figure out what it was. So I was, we went to prayer meetings and stuff. We went to this one across the bay and there was this older man that had a healing ministry. His name was George Gillies. Gillies. And he he was anointing people with oil. He had a healing ministry. So he, I sat down, he's kind of tall guy and looks at me and he goes, he says, you hate someone. Just like that. I says, uh, the devil? I hate the devil? And he says, no, no, that's not it. You know, he didn't smile at all. And, and so he anointed me with oil. And I, I got up and he says, you hate your dad. And I said, well, that's true, Lord. I do hate my dad. There's a reason why he's an alcoholic. The way he treated my mom. Anyway, it was, it was, I don't want to get into all that. But I couldn't forgive my dad. It was the hardest thing for me to do. And I, I, I'd seek the Lord, say, God, I want to forgive him and stuff. But, and I hadn't seen him. The next time we saw him, we'd probably fight. Well, I was a Christian now. I didn't fight him. But, but you know, I didn't like him. I boy, I hate him. And so finally, you know, after about, oh, a few weeks, the Holy Spirit came. And he's so wise. He's so smart. And he says, could you wear your dad's shoes? And I said, what do you mean, wear my dad's shoes? And he says, your dad, when he was born, his mom had complications with him. And and she died right after that. He had an alcoholic, abusive father that was mean. Had no mother, had no brothers and sisters. And he says, could you wear his shoes? And then the Lord said, I've given you a great mother. I mean, I had the best one of my secretaries she was just wonderful with the Lord and I had a great older brother that watched over me and the Lord says your dad had no one and all of a sudden I broke and 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 when I broke I forgave my dad at that particular time and I was instantly healed never had sinus problems then. 
And I went to my dad and forgave him. And he came to the Lord on his deathbed. It was wonderful. My wife's letting me know it's time. So, hon, you want to come up? We're going to, uh, we have to give the prophecy. I don't pretend like I'm a prophet or anything, but I know the last time I was here, I was telling Mark a story. Somebody brought their brother or somebody. I don't think he was saved. And I prophesied over him. And I, you know, the Lord showed me some things about him. And then I went on to prophesy. And the guy kept following me around going, who told you? Who told you? And I go, what the guy do? No, he wasn't saying, no, who told you? Who told you? And I go, God told me. Get this guy off me, Mark. I can hear him. Stories like that are so much fun. I mean, I have so many stories. My wife has so many stories. But um, anyway, we, we thought we would maybe have some people come up and prophesy over them. And uh, um, I was, uh, it's okay if I uh, hit Yeah. <laughs> this is what my pretty wife looks like. <laughs> so, so the other day we went to lunch with John, and uh, I met Mark and Mike and uh, Courtney, and um, and when we got there, I said the M and M boys, Mike and Mark, you know, M and M. And then I was thinking, the M&M boys. And then I was thinking, M&M, mighty men. M&M. So I want to prophesy over the M&M boys first with their wives. (laughs) So it's Mark and Courtney, right? Mark and Courtney, you want to come? I'm sorry I'm taller than everyone here. It's just me. I can't, I can't help it if I please. So could we kind of hold our hands out to this couple? I don't have a clue what I'm going to say yet. You know, Lord, so let's 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 pray. Thank you. Uh, Courtney, I want to address you first. There's a there's a prophetic anointing upon you that's very, very strong. And God's going to release you more and more in it. But I also see you discipling young ladies prophesying along with you. Like marrying when she took the tambourine and said the horse and the riders were thrown in the sea. The horse and the riders were thrown in the sea in your life. And you've overcome the enemy. The word of God is strong in you. And you've overcome the wicked one. And the Lord wants you to know that and and, and also to speak it. And I, I, I see you prophesying. I, I also see um, see travel for you guys and prophesying in other places and churches and groups. Um, not just churches, but other groups of people. And uh, God's going to highlight the prophetic anointing in your life. Also, you're a mother. You're a good mother. I think I think you guys told me you had three children. I don't know a lot about you. I know you're from South you're from South Africa, but but also I, I see a mothering, and God's you're a good mother. You're a faithful mother. You're a mother of integrity, and you're also going to be a mother of Israel. God has sent you, Courtney, into this house to be a prophetic voice and a mother, and you're part of the foundation. 
uh, and the stability, what, what God's going to do, because he's going to bring in some wayward, I see some wayward girls that had no mothers. Uh, if they had a mother, they, they weren't any good. You know, and, and I just see God, God's, God's going to send out his net in this place. He's going to bring in all kinds of different kinds of fish. You know, I mean, there are going to be wild ones and this. And, but you're going to be a stable force for young women uh, that are going to come into this house. That some of them are already here they, they, that you're going to speak to. You're going to train them. You're going to raise them up. And also that prophetic anointing that's upon you. Um, I, my word for you is uh, just goes along with Dennis's. I see in your heart, it's like you have a honeysuckle flower in your heart and your spirit. And it's that honey that's in you that the Lord put in there that's going to open doors for you. It's going to enable you to minister to women and men because of the sweetness of the Lord that comes out. It's something that people won't be able to um, to stand up against. Your sweetness will just just pierce through hardness in people. It'll pierce through their thoughts. They're like, I don't want to listen to this. It's, and it's just, a, just a, a thick sweetness from the Lord. It's Him that's so sweet in you. It's going to break down those walls of people so that you can really minister to them like, like no one else really can. Okay, Mark. Um, I see. I see a pastoral teacher's mantle on you. Uh, I think you're in leadership here now, but but I, I see a pastor teacher in you, and you got a you got a great help me here for that for your ministry. I see you know the Word of God very well. You rightly divide the Word of God, and I see you both as a team discerning. I think when I sat down with lunch, we did all the talking because we're all of us pastors. There's, you know, there was no room for you guys to talk, so like, well, which was good because that way I don't know who you are. And but but that that call is upon your life. I think you've known it for a number of years when you were first saved. It was just this pastoral heart that you had towards other people and showing other people. You you didn't know much at the beginning, but now you do. So God's raised you up very quickly. He's given you big, broad shoulders to carry people. And the, the Word of God is very important to you that people get the Word. But they also get a balance of the Word. You know, sometimes there's extremes out there. You're not an extremist. And, and your wife will make sure you're not anyway. But I'm going to speak to your ear. In your ear. And and there's a balance, you know, a just balance. The Bible says it's from the Lord, and you're, you're just a balanced couple. But you're, especially you, Mark, you're a very balanced man. But you love the supernatural. You love signs and way. I mean, it's not like you know, you go, oh, we don't want that. No, no. There's a balance there with the supernatural, with the word, the word with the supernatural. And God sent you both to this place because He's going to do something here. He's setting up leaders, and you—you you definitely are called the leadership. You, you know, people in this house. I, you know, I get you, you know, I don't know. You guys know that you probably seen. I don't know how long you've been here. I was here five years ago, four years ago. You weren't around, but but you guys have seen the leadership call in this couple's life. And and, and and it's and it's and it's a joy to them. They're a joy to this house. 
Sometimes I get teary-eyed, I'm sorry, but it's the Holy Spirit. You're very fortunate to have this couple here because they're a foundation, they're foundation builders, but they're, they're also the preparation mark for what's coming. Mark what's coming. Fortunate to have this couple. Fortunate to have you, brother. You're, you're a jewel. You're, 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 you're a jewel in the kingdom. God's got, God's got I, I see plans and things that I can't even speak about what God has for you in the future, but right now, what He has for you right now, I hear is pastor, teacher, administrator. You got that administrating gift uh, flowing in and through you. I think you're in business, or you and your brother, or somebody, the Eminem brothers. And, and, uh, and, uh, so, go ahead. Um, I see this cross on your back that you're carrying, and it says peace on it. And so you carry a heavy anointing of peace. And in the turmoil that's going on in the world now, that peace, especially from 2020, everything that's going on, that peace is going to be so important as we move forward, as the move of God comes upon this earth, in all this chaos, you are carrying this mantle of peace. Peace that passes all understanding. And all the things that Dennis was mentioning, it's just, God has you earmarked, both of you, for something so special because of what you both carry, the peace, the peace of God, and just this sweetness of the Lord that's you're like the dynamic duo. I mean, it's just, it's, yeah. yeah, it's very powerful. Let's hold our hands out towards this precious couple. Man. Precious. God, you supernaturally sent this precious couple here to this house for a reason. We believe we know what it is. It's the, the, the because you're going to move here. You're, you're going to move in a mighty way. You're going to move. There's a movement coming, and you're raising up what I call young. Yeah, they're, they're not youngsters. They're mature in the Lord, but they're young in heart that you're raising up in these last days for a foundation for this next generation. And we thank you for them. We pray these prophetic words would um, would be a help and a strength to them in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Um, when we prophesy like this, it's kind of like I call it popcorn prophecy. You know, you do it, you know, you do it kind of quickly, and and also you prophesy in part. I couldn't hit everything about their lives because I don't know everything about their lives. But but um, so we prophesy in part. But anyway, the M and M brothers, the mighty men. I want the other mighty man, Mike and his wife, uh, to come. Short people around here. <laughs> I'm married up. <laughs> that was a joke. Uh, is it Colette? Colette. Never remember anybody's name. But Eminem, my name. Eminem's candy. Thank you. Let's pray for uh, for Mike and Thank you, Lord. Shut up. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank
you're going you're to have a voice in it. You're going to have a voice in finance. You're going to have a voice in what you're going to do, uh, where, where, where people are going to go and how it's organized. Because you, you have a strong administrative gift. And you're also a leader. Your brothers, you know, the M&M boys are mighty men. You know, m and M. You're sweet, but you're, you're some real might. Why don't we pray for uh, Mike? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, I just lift this couple up to you, and I just, I just pull them into their destiny, Lord. I pull them into the destiny that you have for them in the church and in their community, Father. Uh, that these words that we feel are from the Lord, that they would settle in their spirit and that they would walk in confidence and strength as to how the Lord sees them, what He's doing in their lives now, and what He has planned for them. Share them with people because we all need 